0: good to be together this morning, amen? It's a good thing that we can come together as family. Uh, You can turn, if you'd like, in your Bibles over to Colossians chapter 1. We'll be there directly. Not really able to... Follow Brad's line of thinking this morning about starting a project and then you forgot what you were doing or how you had it figured out. Uh, I don't know, but I played along anyway, Brad. Uh, I'll get it one of these days. No, that's not true at all. I understood all too well. I think it's interesting. I think... As I was listening to our prayers this morning, and we don't know in this life what's coming. We don't know. Politically, health-wise, economically, physically, any other way you want to say it, we don't know what's coming. We don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. So what we do know, what we do know is that God is up to something and what he's up to is really taking place within us. We were together Wednesday night and we were talking about our work in Ghana, the work that we're helping a small part of in in Ghana, West Africa, and how God is working through every single thing that he has ever done for you that you've acknowledged for every single thing he has given you in Christ Jesus that is amounting to something according to God's eternal purpose and it is amounting to something to the extent Ephesians three ten that the manifold wisdom of God is being made known to the rulers and the authorities of the heavenly realms. that spiritual realms above us. God is making known his wisdom. His wisdom to take, to take what appears to be ruined humanity and no, it's not ruined. God works in it and God accomplishes his purpose. In spite of the sinfulness of man, God accomplishes his purpose. And so while I don't know what's going to happen in this world, I know exactly what's going to happen in, in regard to God's eternal purpose. God's going to work whatever happens in this world for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose, and for his own glory. That's what's going to happen. And that That's happening. Colossians chapter 1, look here with me, is a very interesting thought. Not only is God making known his wisdom and bringing glory to himself from what, what the church is teaching the realms above us. But look here, uh, we'll start in 25, 27 is my point. He said, I've become the servant of this gospel by the commission God gave me. To present to you the Word of God in its fullness, the mystery that 's the Word of God, the gospel, this mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations if we think if we think we don't know what's going to happen in the world. All the generations before Christianity, they didn't know what was going to happen in the world and they didn't even know really what God was up to. Now we do know what God is up to. That's a whole different ballgame. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the saints, to the church, to God's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles this time Paul's choice is not among the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms but among the gentiles among those who are far off in this world among those who didn't know God or understand his purpose or or any of that in this world in other words to make known to other living human beings in this world to make known to them the glorious of his rich the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Randy's right when he prays, Hope is what gets us through this world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith, first John 5 4 says. Because our faith that Jesus is the son of God, that is our hope. Because by his gospel, he has appeared and he has brought to life, uh, he has destroyed death and brought to life immortality and light. That's what God has done for us in Jesus. And I'm saying all this to say, this is clear to the church in Colossae. Paul wants them to know what God is doing that really matters in this world, he has done it in you. And he has done it and is doing it in you for the benefit of the world. The world the world outside Jesus Christ, I'm talking about human beings that are outside. They don't know who Jesus or God is, either one, really. They don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. They don't know anything about peace and real hope. They don't have a cotton-picking clue what's going to happen in the world either. But they face it without hope. Without hope and without God in this world. And that's hard. Paul is trying to bring the Colossians, and we talked about last Sunday, what he tells them in chapter three about being grateful and being thankful and the power that has in our lives. And and I'm convinced Brad's right. What he was saying about the supper, every single week that brings us back to remember that we too were ruined humanity and God redeemed us. Why? Why did God redeem you? Why did God take you from no purpose, no hope, No expectation, no gratitude, no thanksgiving. Why did he take you from that and bring you to give you hope and purpose and a future? Why did he forgive you? Just so you could be forgiven? Bless our hearts. We do faith in Christianity like we do everything else. We make it all about us. Well, it sure is for us. nor it is too. Jesus came and he died to give you the right to become children of God. But to give you this right, to give you his sacrifice, to give you the promise and the surety and the certainty of God's word to you in Christ Jesus, for him to give you hope that goes beyond this world that is for all eternity. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, the day when when sin and wickedness is no more, the day when you know exactly what's going to happen and how it's going to happen all the day long and there is no night there and there is no tears and there is no suffering and there is no sorrow and everything in this world that's associated with sin and death is gone now when we get there we we rejoice in that hope that is our expectation and that is our desire because that is clearly god's intent for us in christ jesus but right now while we don't know what's going to happen We do, too, according to the word, know what has happened. God in Jesus has forgiven us. God in the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us. God, according to his own promise, dwells within us. Christ dwells within us by his spirit. Ephesians 2.22, a dozen other places at least, And Paul says right here, Christ in you, you being cleansed, you being indwelt, you being full of God's love by God's spirit. That is God's message to the world. See, the world came up with the idea that flesh was so ruined and inherently wicked that God just couldn't fellowship flesh and blood. God was spirit and he was just so far above that he could have nothing to do with flesh and blood and God wouldn't stand for the idea. And Jesus Christ came and he was God in the flesh and blood. And God had perfect fellowship with flesh and blood in front of this whole world and did it on purpose. You see, the world needs something more than just a list of rules that tell you how good God is and how sorry you are. God did that. The law was given through Moses. John chapter 1 says, But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John 1 17. What do we have in Jesus Christ? God's grace and God's truth. God gives you that and describes it and gives you the details and the instructions to find it and the the certainty that you have it. And he gives us all of that according to his word because he wants us to know as, as recipients of what Jesus died to give us, God wants us to know we have what the whole world is looking for. The world is never going to be sinless in practice. The world is never going to be perfect in practice. The world is continually, Brad, going to start projects and they can't remember what they're doing or how they're supposed to do it. What's God doing about that? He's doing you. He's doing you. A forgiven sinner, a redeemed sinner, a sinner In which God dwells now by his spirit. Come over here with me to Romans 5 real quickly. Part of my task this morning is to be brief. That's just a warning follow. If you can follow me, follow me. I don't know how bad the economy is going to get I don't know how bad our society is going to get I don't know I know when people choose sin over God they're not in charge of how far it goes that's what I know but I also know what God's doing in the midst of all that he said we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God Uh, what verse is that two I guess we'll just start in one Chapter Five of Romans, therefore, since we 've been justified through faith, we have peace with god that 's what God wants the whole world to have and to be. God wants the whole world to be at peace with him and to have peace with him and he didn 't just write a book to demonstrate that and to record the history, provided that it could take place he 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 manifests that. Every single day in the lives of those who love him, those who belong to him, those who are called according to his purpose. Those whose sins are forgiven, those who are indwelt by his spirit. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Just as we said a while ago, of course, our hope is is in being with God, being like our brother Jesus, being transformed from this lowly body into a glorious body to being where there is no sin, there is no death, there is no sorrow, there is no heartache, there is no suffering. Of course, we rejoice in that, but that's not enough. God's got a sermon to preach right now, and you're it. I'll get to the punchline there ahead of time. Not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because the world's full of them, and that's what people know. And in the midst of our sufferings, we are able to rejoice. We rejoice in our sufferings because we know suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. We started off manifesting hope. We wound up manifesting hope. That's what God is doing in this wicked, messed up world that's without hope. He's manifesting what it would look like for a sinner to have hope. In my life, Trevor's life, Raymond's life, Joe's life, that's what he's doing. That's why it's important we gather every the first day of the week and we remember what God has done and out of what God has done what we're doing What are we doing? You're not you're not an example of what it looks like not to suffer To live a long time, to be in great shape, and to have all the money in the world. You're not an example of that. The world doesn't need any example of that. The world needs an example of somebody who's suffering like everybody else and yet still has hope. Hope that is beyond them. Hope that is beyond the uncertain. Hope that is fastened to what is secure and what is certain. And hope does not disappoint us. Why is that? Verse five. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. This is the mystery revealed, Paul told Colossae. Christ in you. The Holy Spirit in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory, the love of God in you. It's the only hope there is, brothers and sisters. We don't do we don't do a perfect job of that. Every single one of us in here made made the decision to start this project. To borrow Brad's idea. That's a good idea, brother. Now, you don't become a Christian without making a decision to start it. This is a process of education. They will all be taught by God, Jesus said, John 6, 46. It's written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God and make a decision to come to him through me. And we started this project, and, it, and it's it's a continual reminder that we need that, that God is the power in this. This is his purpose and his power. He calls us to remember who he is and what he's done so we can remember, oh yeah, what we're up to and how we're going to do it. We're going to do it by faith in him. So he gives us a ceremony and songs to sing and words to read that remind us about him that remind us that we have we have not just a right but an obligation to be thankful for God's kindness his tolerance his patience lest we become a people who show contempt for God's kindness tolerance and patience not realizing it's God's kindness that leads the world to repentance it is it is God's kindness through us towards other people that they start to think hmm, something must be up so many Bibles printed nowadays yeah they could pick up the Bible electronically or in paper and read the message and discover it yeah they could but Paul wrote the most troubled church in the New Testament, I guess, Corinth. And he said, guess what? God wrote a letter to the world, and you were it. As we're going forward in God's kindness, as we remember God's love for us, as we remember that God's word is true, and, and if the saints in Colossae If they had Christ in them and that was the hope of glory and God was expressing that to all the Gentiles of their known world because of what he'd done in them, then let's remember, when God forgives you, when God dwells in you, when God's promises result in hope for you, that the benefit of that, brothers and sisters, goes to a whole world not just us let's pray almighty God and father in heaven we love you for who you are God almighty the giver of life and breath and everything else the creator of all men and you made all of us father from one man and in that one man Adam father we have all uh, made mistakes and forgotten and and chosen for the glory you gave us is made in your image to fall from our heads. Because we chose the path of selfishness and sin. And the world lives in the midst of that choice all day every day. But we as your people, Father, we live, we live in the present, in the now, and in the time when we have made a choice, Father, to reject ourself and our sin and our selfishness and come to you. And for many of us, Father, it was simply a call to come back to you. To trust you. To give our lives to you. To obey you. To listen to you, Father, and to take hold. To take hold with both hands earnestly of the hope that you give us in Christ Jesus. And for the hope of glory, Father, which is in us, in Christ Jesus. Bring your message to the world around us. Help us to be people who don't suffer like the rest of the world. Help us to be people, Father, who live and love and work as Jesus did. Bless the kindness, tolerance, and patience, Father, you have revealed to us in your gospel that you have revealed to each one of us and the call that it has had upon our lives. All of us at one time or another, Father, have decided to come to you through Jesus Christ to have your hope and your blessing. Help us, Father, to realize the significance of that on a very practical level. That this world suffers every day without hope and without Jesus Christ in them. Bless us, Father. Bless our lives. Bless your purpose. Bless your gospel. Bless your spirit and your son and your wisdom, Father. Bless them and us in any way that will accomplish your purpose and bring you glory for the promise-keeping God that you are. Bless this as your family here to love each other and love a world that's all around us, whether they understand it or not. We thank you for hearing our prayer. We praise you for answering it according to your will. And that's what we've always wanted. It's in Jesus' name we prayed it now. Amen. I know this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know God can't love you more than he does to give his own son. I know Jesus Christ cannot be more powerful than he is to bring God's purpose to lost humanity. If we can help you this morning, know the love of God, have the purpose of God to direct your steps, have the hope that will not disappoint. We long to do that. Let us know how we can help while we stand and while we sing.